Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am so happy and grateful that you are here, and I'm so happy and grateful to introduce this week's episode. So today on the podcast, we are going to dive into the topic of boundaries, and I have a really amazing expert and therapist joining me on the show to talk about boundaries, Nedra Glover-Tawab. She is the best-selling author of Set Boundaries, Find Peace. And I was really excited just to get to pick her brain around not just the big idea of boundaries, but the logistics and specifics around boundaries. How do we actually apply and set boundaries in our lives? And what do we do when the person on the other end of that boundary doesn't accept it? What do we do when they all of a sudden act out? Or how do we actually go about the really hard work of maintaining a boundary once it's been set? We had a really great conversation and I'm super excited to share this episode with you. And I want to go a little bit deeper before we dive into the interview. And I think it's so wonderful and also sometimes really challenging how life just gives you what you need. <laughs> at the time you need it, regardless of how you feel about it. (laughs) And I have this experience with this podcast a lot where I feel like I've mastered a part of my life, right? So this example of boundaries is a great one. If you listen to this show, you know boundaries have been a huge topic of mine for the past year and a half. Basically, I lived my entire life completely boundary-less. I didn't I was so bad at setting boundaries. I didn't even really know or understand the concept of boundaries that I could say no to something that I didn't like even if it would upset the other person like that was just that would never happen for me. You know, I was really one of those people who would exhaust myself to a breaking point on behalf of other people. I had no boundaries of of any kind. And what would happen is 
eventually I would feel so resentful and so upset and kind of have this revelation of like, but oh my God, people are taking advantage of me. And then I would get really pissed off and it would come out as this really fiery kind of like, it was almost like I would set the boundary too late once a a big line had already been crossed. And what I've been trying to figure out over the past year and a half is how do I decide and figure out inside of myself what feels okay before people take it too far and I get to that place of anger or resentment, right? Which takes practice. It really, really, really does take practice. And it takes this ability to be aware of what is happening inside of me when I'm in different kinds of dynamics and relationships with other people. And for someone who spent a lot of time enmeshed in family relations and living in really codependent family relationships and, you know, growing up with parents who are not 100% mentally well, I've had such a hard time deciding or actually dividing between my own feelings, my own experience of a certain thing and other people's experience of a certain thing. I have almost always been way more preoccupied and almost like I've been looking at how is everybody else doing here? So before I would check in with myself, how do I feel about what's happening? I would look around the room or look around the family or look around my friends or wherever I am. And I would, I would check, you know, how is, how how are they doing? Like that was always my go-to. Are you okay? How are you feeling about this? And what I've figured out throughout this practice of learning how to set boundaries is basically to set a boundary. We need to have that gut reaction of how do I feel about this before we drop into everybody else's experience and feelings. So practicing this for the past year and a half has been a true, true revelation. I set a big boundary with a family member a year and a half ago and decided to cut them out of my life for my own well-being and my own health. And it has been the most important, most sane and healthy thing I've ever done for myself and for my own well-being. And it hasn't been entirely uncomplicated, of course not. And here's the thing, once you feel like you've figured out how to do something, especially around personal development and especially around the things we talk about on this podcast, I feel like once we figure out how to do a certain thing, all of a sudden life is going to hit us with, oh, you think you know how this works? Oh, let me, let me, let me give you a little curveball here so you can really test your ability to hold this space, right? That's what happened with me on this topic of boundaries. I felt really good. I felt really strong. I felt so clear around here's my life. Here's what I will allow in my life, what I won't. And then decided to bring Nedra on the show to talk about boundaries because I felt kind of like a boundary pro and like I'm so good at applying boundaries in my life right now. I'm setting boundaries left, right. I'm doing different things. Like if I don't want to talk to someone, I'll say, I don't feel like talking right now. Is it okay if I get back to you another time? Where before someone would call, I would feel obligated to pick up the phone because what if they need something? What if they need help? What if they need advice? What if they need support, a shoulder to cry on? And even if I didn't feel like talking or I was busy with something, I would give them my time. So I've become much better at setting boundaries around my time, around what I will allow in my life. So what doesn't feel good, I can actually say, no, you know what, this just doesn't resonate with me. I I don't want that kind of behavior in my life. I've gotten good at stating the boundary, right? And I decided to bring Nedra on the show 
And the week that I had her on the show, of course, like that's what life does, was the week where I had a boundary challenged in the biggest way, probably since setting that first big boundary with a family member a year and a half ago. Of course, these things aligned, right? So when I had her on the show, I actually felt really insecure around everything I've been doing around setting boundaries. I felt totally lost and I feel so grateful that just life aligned in this way that I get to have this big theme of boundaries back in my life the week when I'm suddenly struggling with the boundary. Because here's the kicker, right? Stating the boundary, which feels like the hardest thing, you know, telling someone you love, no, I don't want you in my life. Or telling someone you care about, this is not okay with me. Like, that's those simple things is the most complicated thing ever. Stating the boundary, saying the no is really, really, really hard. So if we've never had practice in our lives of actually doing that, getting to that place of saying, no, I won't accept this. Is It feels like we've climbed Mount Everest. Like this is the biggest thing ever. We set the boundary, especially if it comes along with something like what I did, which meant separating completely from a person who was really important to me in my life, right? And the kicker to all of this is stating the boundary isn't even the hardest part, okay? The hardest part around boundaries is maintaining the boundary. And I kind of wish I had this <laughs> revelation earlier on because I was a little bit naive around how easy I thought it would be to just keep a boundary. Like setting a boundary just means you say what you want, right? No. The thing about life is once you set a boundary or state a boundary with a person, you are inevitably going to trigger a whole set of emotions around what you just said to the other person. And they're going to react in all sorts of different ways, right? I think it's actually rare that we state a boundary with someone and they go, oh my goodness, I, I, I love that you're able to really stay with yourself in the situation and express your needs so clearly. Thank you for that. Essentially, when we set a boundary, that's what we're doing. We're just clearly expressing our needs, which should be something that we celebrate. And in relationships where we don't have that dynamic yet, or maybe we don't have that level of consciousness or that level of practice around listening to each other and actually hearing each other for what we're saying versus everything getting really muddled up around drama and interpersonal stuff. And, you know, someone sets a boundary, we're going to feel like, oh my God, they don't like me anymore. It's something I did. I'm a terrible person. Like it's hard to accept the boundary. And I get that. So when we state a boundary, the other person is going to have all sorts of feelings around it and they might get super triggered, which was what happened in the case of a boundary I set this week when I was talking to Nedra. I was doing my best to maintain and reinforce a boundary I had already set a year and a half ago and was met not only with resistance and this sort of inability to accept what I felt was a really, really, really simple, simple, basic boundary of mine, but was met with so much drama. I mean, so much drama and punishment and just a whole like string of complicated stuff and gossip and just almost like maintaining the boundary I had already set open Pandora's box into something that reminded me of why I had to set that big boundary in the first place. So I felt in a way it was a big full circle moment 
And when I was talking to Nedra on the show, I was in the middle of this like Pandora's box is open. This relationship is just crumbling and falling. Everything is falling apart. I was kind of facing this decision of, okay, I have to either go back on my boundary and do something that doesn't feel good to me just to maintain some level of peace. And peace is important. Peace is important to me. I want peace in my family. I want peace in my relationships. And when I was talking to Nedja, I hadn't decided yet, am I going to go into this space where actually I go back on my boundary and I say, you know what, this doesn't feel good for me, but I'm going to let you do that anyway, because I want to keep the peace. Or do I dig my heels in, really stay with myself, assert my needs and stick to my guns, right? And after having this talk with Nedra, it became really clear. It actually was already clear. It's just kind of I needed that full circle moment of being reminded of why I had to set the boundary and cut that person out of my life in the first place, where it became so clear that to maintain a boundary, you're going to have to go through similar amounts of discomfort as you did when you had to state the boundary in the first place. It's like that thing, that hard thing in that relationship, it's going to rear its head again and again and again. And you know why? Because people generally don't change. And back to this topic of, uh, on boundaries and how boundaries isn't just saying no to stuff other people do, but boundaries is also like, what is my responsibility? What is my business and what is other people's business? And what I've figured out is my business is my life, right? What actually is my business is stating that boundary and maintaining that boundary so that I can feel safe and grounded in my life. What's not my business is how other people respond to that. And that's been a big revelation of mine in that past week that actually that's another boundary that I don't have to engage with and interact with all the things that come out on the other end of me setting that boundary. My only business is to set and maintain the boundary. That's it. Like a whole, whole loads of stuff can kind of come out of that. And when I make that my business, then I've crossed my own boundary, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> It's making sense for me. And it's just, it's been a big week, everyone. It's been a big, big, big week. We are packing up our house in Sweden right now. It's the middle of the night. I'm recording this 12 a.m. And we are getting on a plane, heading to Aruba. I am really excited to get to Aruba. And I'm also feeling really tentatively... Like, I don't know if this is the right thing for us or not, but we're getting on a plane. It's it's ready. It's done. I'm going to miss Sweden. I'm excited to get back here. But I also feel like I, I feel like we're stepping into the unknown again. And the thing about life giving you uncertainty is it gives you the opportunity to practice finding home inside of yourself. And we can't feel at home within ourselves if we don't have really clear boundaries. We're never going to figure out what is my experience? What are my emotions? How am I doing if we're constantly mixed up and intermingling with everybody else's business? So what I really hope and sort of my longing for this episode, my longing for this week is that it gives you a couple of really logistical tools around how to apply boundaries to your life, not to cut people out, not to keep people away, but for you to feel a greater sense of belonging inside of yourself, to remind yourself that no matter how lost you feel, you are already home. You are already home. 
So here is Nedra Glover Tawab. Let's dive in. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with our signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I think I received, I don't know how many questions about boundaries when I was asking online. Boundaries seem to be kind of like a hot topic right now. Have you, are you seeing that as well? Or is it just in my world? No, boundaries are absolutely a hot topic. It is not your world. It is what is right now. It is what is right now. And it's so funny to me in a way, because I've had some, a really big personal journey that led me to this big epiphany of not having any boundaries or realizing that I I never really knew even what a boundary was or how to assert one. And that actually mm. a lot of the issues I was dealing with in my relationships and in my, my well-being overall led back to that place. So I would love to hear from you, you know, as an, as an expert on the topic, first of all, and this is a big question, what is a boundary? Because not everyone is entirely clear on what, what boundaries actually are. Mm. Boundaries are rules, expectations, and needs that keep you safe and comfortable in your relationships. Hmm. Rules, needs, and expectations that keep you comfortable. And why is it that, I mean, this sounds like such a basic thing, you know, shouldn't we all have needs in place to keep us comfortable in our relationships? Why is this so, so hard? It's so hard because it's the work we, we need to do, but it's also very, very hard work. And I think if it were easier, if we could have people respond in a way that 
we are pleased with, we would have better boundaries. But I think we are often in this space of how will they respond? How can I get them to accept this? And it really keeps us from setting the boundary. That's what makes it really hard, just being in this space of, you know, what will this person think? Will they be upset at me? Will they be okay with this? And if not, oh my gosh, I don't want to do the hard work of boundaries. Hmm. hmm. Yeah, I've, I've definitely been in that place of almost feeling like I'm, I'm scared to assert or even state a boundary because I feel like it might result in the loss of the relationship. Do you have any uh, advice around that? Because I feel like a lot of people are so, we're so worried around the response from the other person. What if they're not going to like me anymore or love me anymore, or it changes the dynamic somehow? How do we, how do we set a boundary with, with someone in a, that we may, maybe never have asserted a boundary with before? So the first time. Mm. Well, there's no way to guarantee that you won't feel bad about it, right? And it's that's the challenging part, that there are no guarantees within setting boundaries, but it's still very necessary work because it just makes you feel better, even though there may be some short-term discomfort. It's really challenging to think that we will force ourselves to exist in relationships through our discomfort because we fear setting the boundary. And it's, it's uh, and I'm speaking from just personal experience here. I had a, a very big boundary set for the first time in my life with a family member about a year and a half ago. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that setting that boundary was one of the scariest things I've ever done in my mm -hmm. life. And it really, of course, changed the dynamics of that relationship. And what I was fearing beforehand was that everything is going to end. It's not going to work anymore. They're never going to respect this or that everything was going to be bad. What I didn't expect was I'm going to set this boundary and it's going to actually change the relationship for the good. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, there is little expectation on our side that it'll go well. Most of our expectation is, oh my gosh, it's it's going to be horrible. They're going to be so mad at me. We'll never be able to recover from this. And there can be a bright side. That's not always the case, but sometimes it really is the case that there is a bright side to setting the boundaries. And that could be more comfort in the relationship, but we fear the worst happening and the worst case scenario is not always how it will turn out. I wonder what could happen if we thought about maybe some of the good things that could come from setting the boundaries. Hmm. So the best case scenario, not just the worst cases. Absolutely. The best case scenario, because we can't predict it either way. We just have to do it. And whatever happens, we'll have to deal with the fallout or the glory of it. We don't know yet. Hmm. Hmm. So just to, uh, to rewind a little bit, how did you become so focused around this topic or this area? What was it that led you to write this beautiful book on boundaries? How did this all happen for you? Well, this has been, you know, part of my my work for many, many years in working with others, with my personal situations, but just figuring out what's healthy and unhealthy and how to execute these things has been 
a complete becoming like it is. I know it's such challenging work because I've done it before. And so it's so important to me to help people see how this work can be impactful in meaningful ways, because so often we're unaware that we even have a boundary issue. We think that the issue is other people. We think the issue is our job. We think that the issue is so many other things when in fact the issue could be our inability to really set some limitations, be clear about expectations, or even ask for what we need. And what are some, for someone who's listening to this right now, wondering, you know, what what are some signs or some ways that I maybe could be clued in on, this is my issue, right? Because I feel like oftentimes we we, we think that the, re- the issues are always in the relationship or with the other person, or if they could just stop asking all this stuff of me or demanding me to be this way, what are some signs that we might actually be needing some boundaries in our lives? The way we feel about things, your feelings are very telling. So I wonder, are you feeling resentful, upset, frustrated? What sort of situations cause you to feel any of those things? And with that, think of areas where you could potentially set some boundaries to feel better. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes we, many times we have so much power and because we are under the assumption that we are in situations we can't control, we don't exercise our power. Yeah, that, 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 that one is a, a big one. And I got a lot of questions from people asking this. When I feel like I don't have the power in the relationship, of course, we're going to feel like we're, we're powerless to set the boundary. If we're in that kind of power struggle or power challenge, where do we begin? You know, would you jump right in and just try to really assert that this is what I need? Or is there a beginner friendly way to softly set a boundary versus drawing a really firm line in the sand? Well, the way we set boundaries is based on the person and what we need. It's really hard to say that every situation will have the same type of way that we set boundaries or, you know, proceed with expectations. All things are different. And so there is no one clear path to what we should be doing in our relationships. And we have to take people into consideration and how we set those boundaries. And there are some people who we may need to be a little more firm with. And there are other people who we can be a little little bit lighter and flexible. It depends on the person. And we know our people best. We know if you have that difficult co-working and which one is typically open to hearing things. So you have to use your discretion on how you set them. Hmm. And do you have any way of, because I was thinking about this in my own just spiritual practice, how a need for a boundary often comes to me when I'm in, not usually in the heat of the moment or in the heat of the struggle with someone, but it comes to me in meditation or when I'm drinking tea or when I'm in a, in a quiet place. And I feel like it might be hard not having a, a spiritual or a, or a practice of self-care to even figure out that a boundary is needed. Do you have a, something you recommend for us to, or for anyone listening to get to that place inside of actually realizing that that's what's needed right now? 
Well, checking in with yourself, and that could be over tea. It could be during meditation. It could be when you're feeling especially upset. It could be so many spaces where you start to notice that something here needs to change or something here needs to to shift for me. So yeah, it could be quiet time. It could be noisy time. I mean, it could be driving in a car, listening to a radio, and it could be a time where you think, oh my gosh, I need to set a boundary here. There are reminders all around us. Like I've I've been reminded of things I need boundaries about in all sorts of places. I um while reading my book, the audio version, I was like, oh my gosh, I need more boundaries in this area. And I was just, you know, I was just reading through the things that I wrote and being able to digest those things. I shocked myself like, oh, wow, I need some better boundaries. (laughs) Isn't that funny how that works? Because I'm sure, I mean, it's just like like any practice that it's it's not something we'll ever master. But does it get easier with time? Do you feel like now compared to a decade ago, or is it easier for you personally to 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 set a boundary than it was, or is it always going to be this this challenge? Because for me, it's a really hard thing. Yeah, I don't know if it'll always be a hard thing because. Setting boundaries gets easier with practice. And so the more that you practice setting boundaries, the easier it becomes. And we can't get better at something we're not practicing. And many times with boundaries, we just don't do it because we've tried it once or twice. And we're like, I'm not good at this. Well, think about all the other things you weren't good at that you continue to do and that you got better at doing. So there's no way for you to be great at something that you're just starting to do. I was a terrible cook when I started cooking. I am better now. I was a terrible, terrible at washing clothes. I remember my clothes, all my white clothes used to have pink in them because I was putting everything in (laughs) in the same, on the same temperature. And, you know, I'm much better. Everything is on cold now. I separate my clothes, but that came with practice. The first time I did it, it was tragic. The second time, probably still tragic, but maybe the 10th, I'm like, hey, there has to be a better way to not bleed these colors. I don't know, but I got better over time. And so we have to practice things before we rule out the possibility that things will get better. Hmm. That is really, it's, it's simple, but it's really important advice. I think for anyone who's dealing with fear of rejection, or um, especially if the boundary we're trying to set is with a family member, I mean, it's it, it can feel so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so to not give up, but to continue. I guess that's a that's an important question. What do you do when when someone just won't listen? You just continue and you try again and you keep practicing? Or could it be that there is something around how we are setting the boundary that just isn't working sometimes? Sometimes we could have stellar execution. We could be super clear in saying what we need to to someone and they won't listen to us. Sometimes we're not being clear at all and they won't listen to us. You know, I had someone say to me, I heard you when you said blah, blah, blah boundary, but I didn't like it. 
And so I didn't listen to it because I would prefer X. And that's when I was like, oh, wow. Like they heard the boundary. They understand it. They just are unwilling to listen to it. Got it. So there is no convincing them. It's almost like I have to make the boundary make sense to them. And some boundaries will not make sense to you. As a child, uh, many children follow tons of rules that they have no clue what they mean. They don't know what they mean. Don't touch that. You don't know why you're not touching something. Your parent may know it's hot. You may have rules even in society where it's like you can't walk past this point. Why? Just don't walk past the point. And so sometimes our boundaries are not going to make sense to other people and they don't have to because they're our boundaries. It's things that keep us comfortable and safe. And other people's boundaries might not make sense to us. Maybe there are some people who say, when you come in my house, take your shoes and socks off. For us, that might be like, oh my gosh, why? Maybe they don't like sock prints on their floor. I don't know. But that's the rule. So either you want to respect it or not. So sometimes you could be crystal clear and people just don't want to honor the boundary. And at that point, you have to decide how you want to proceed. Do you want to continue to restate a boundary they won't, won't listen to? Do you want to let go of your boundary? Do you want to be a little bit of, bit flexible with this boundary? Or do you want to you know, maybe stop pursuing this part of the relationship with the person? So flexible boundaries. Do you find that that's something that, that works for maybe issues that aren't deal breaking. So something that maybe feels like a smaller issue to me, I could decide that this boundary I can be flexible with. Sometimes it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, mm -hmm. sometimes I allow it, sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Or is that something that just tells the other person that, oh, here's, here's someone I actually don't have to listen to or respect because they're kind of going back and forth with this. You know, it's really a personal choice about, how you want to accept things or not. And that's, that's, that's really hard because I think so often I may be able to withstand things that you aren't able to withstand. And I would not like, I don't like to say to people that there's only one way to respond to this. There are multiple ways. And my way may not fit your, your situation. My tolerance of what I'm able to accept um, may be different than your tolerance because tolerance is based on who we are, how we show up in the world, our support system is so many things. So I can't say for certain, you know, how you should respond to things. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I am um, setting people, setting boundaries with people who who can't help themselves, of, of mm -hmm. a lack of a better phrase. So anyone dealing maybe with addiction or mental illness. I've had a few of these situations in my life where I really felt like it did, doesn't really matter how I phrase this, how much time I spend stating the boundary or explaining. It's almost like, yeah, they can't help themselves. It's just, 
they're not going to understand this. Do you have any, um, any advice for people in that situation? You know, I don't repeat that for me. Let me, let me think of something, repeat it for me. So say I have a family member dealing with mental illness mm-hmm. and I can state a boundary and in moments of clarity feel like that boundary is listened to and received. And then the person goes through a challenging time or has a hard week or a hard month or a hard year. And all of a sudden they lose the ability to, to remember or to um, honor and respect or even understand that boundary. Mm-hmm. So someone dealing maybe with some illness or, or addiction, for instance, and we might love them and want, want them to stay in our lives, but this feeling almost as if, as if, yeah, like they can't help themselves. It's, it's harder for them to understand in that situation. We can have boundaries around how we show up in our relationships with people, but we cannot make people stop doing things that they want to do in their lives. It's very hard when we are in relationship with someone who is battling any addiction and trying to control the other person is not possible. But what we can do is really work on our self-care practices, how we want to support this person, if we want to support the person and, you know, how we want to be in relationship with them. And even if you're a bystander and you're hearing about a person struggling with the person who's struggling, you can decide those things too. How do you want to show up in this experience? How do you want to um, support this person? Because there are some things that we just can't save people from. And one of the main things we can't save people from is themselves. Yeah, I, I, I resonate with this with this struggle personally. And it's it's hard when we love someone and we want them to listen. And then at times they, they lose the ability to. Yeah. There are support groups, Al-Anon. There are definitely books to help with that. Like, you know, maybe Codependent No More. I have another book that's for family members who are trying to help a loved one who has an addiction because there is so much work that you need to do to know that this is not your work to do. And that is often really challenging because there is this feeling that, oh my gosh, I can do something about this. This is my work to do. And, and really it's not. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's an important thing. It almost reminds me of, and I don't know if, if you get this question a lot, but setting boundaries within ourselves is that mm-hmm. a thing? Because <laughs> I, I think about that or talk about that sometimes, but I don't know if that's an actual thing. So that's a great example of that, of, you know, how much, how much will I exert myself or lose myself trying to be there for the other person when they're, when they're, when they are struggling? And how can I set a boundary within myself to choose myself or to focus on my self-care first? Is that a, a thing, setting a boundary within us or is it always, always relational? Yes, there is a such thing as self boundaries. Many of the boundaries that we set are going to be with ourselves first. We cannot create boundaries for other people. That's why I said we can't stop people from addiction. We can certainly advise them, talk to them, caution, caution them, but we cannot stop them from an addiction. It's just not our work to do. And it's really hard when we see people 
hurting and harming themselves. So a lot of the work is learning how you can help this person. And sometimes it's just being supportive. So when they are ready to get clean, they'll come to you. Do you find that there are certain relationships that are harder overall, just as a counselor and the people you see and meet, that there are certain dynamics where it's generally more challenging to set boundaries? Family. I think family has proven to be one of the hardest areas to set boundary. And that is because we've been in those relationships the longest. We are hyper concerned about the reaction and we want to belong in our family. So it is really hard to think about how family will receive our boundaries. Hmm. And then in those cases, I don't know if you have a specific advice on this, because sometimes we we try to set a boundary with a family member and then they violate that boundary. And it might come down to having to remove ourselves or separate from the person or distance ourselves. And of mm -hmm. course, if it's family, it's going to affect not just that relationship, but all the relationships connecting to that, the whole family. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for people moving through that? Because I think that was the majority of the questions that, that we received for this episode was people dealing with parents and having a hard time um, setting boundaries with parents and finding that balance there. Yeah, parents are used to parenting. And for many parents, that job doesn't stop when you turn 18 or 25. One of the biggest things you can do is restructure your role with them. I have found lots of times that adults are not exhibiting individualized behavior and they're mad at their parents for treating them like children. I was just answering some questions like this in my uh, Monday Q&As on Instagram that some folks were really upset. My parent treats me like a child. And, you know, it's almost like, are you asking them for advice? Are you borrowing money from them? Are you still on their insurance? Well, like all of these things that keep you really connected and dialed in, your parents may feel like they can, you know, give you some feedback because in some ways they are still um, rearing you. And so to have that independence, you do have to separate yourself as this autonomous being and invite them into a space that feels safe and comfortable for you. And that might be through a series of uncomfortable conversations around, you know, I know we've always had holidays at your house, but this year I want to host Thanksgiving or, you know, I understand you have some expectation of how to grandparent, but I want to make sure that my kids are living our values. So just being very clear about what those things are and not letting them fly because so often children are afraid to talk to their parents. It's almost like we're thinking, I'm going to be put on punishment. I'm going to be spanked or something. And it's like, <laughs> hey, you're grown. There is no punishment for you. Go ahead and speak your mind. Do it with love and you know, proceed as normal. You don't have to, you know, I told my mom this boundary now I won't call her for a week. It's like, no, I told her this boundary and we're going to the farmer's market tomorrow. So what if, you know, you get the reverse? So I set a boundary with a parent and now they won't speak with me or I set a boundary and now they do want to punish me or um, they get really angry and really upset. What's the next step in that in that situation? 
we can't control a person's reaction. And unfortunately, sometimes when we set boundaries, a way that people teach us that it's not okay to set boundaries with them is by punishing us. They will cut us off. They will make us feel bad for having a boundary. They will give us the silent treatment. They will you know, run our name in the mud and all of these things which are not a very mature way to handle someone setting a boundary with you. And so if that happens, I would say tend to, you know, your sadness, your hurt feelings, your anger, but also know that you don't have to take your boundary back. You can't control everybody's reaction to your boundaries. And it is simply okay for you to have them, even when people don't like them. Even when people don't like them, that's a that's a hard one for me. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a pe- people pleaser or have been most of my life. I want everyone to get along. I want everyone to like me, and I've had this this history of kind of bending over backwards to make sure everyone else is fine, even if I wasn't. And um, I'm dealing with this right now. Actually, I, I set a boundary with a family member. It wasn't received well, and then now I'm not invited to this birthday party. <laughs> and it feels mm. almost like textbook, almost like this response. And I actually, I was so upset and sad about it at first because it really felt like punishment, felt like now I'm excluded. And I even was contemplating, okay, well, maybe I should go back and and say, you know, it is okay that you act that way. Actually, it's fine. You know, I should be flexible around that. But what I really felt was this is an opportunity for me to really feel how important is this boundary? Like, what does mm-hmm. it actually give me? And what I found was that, that asserting myself in that way and actually claiming my space and doing something that makes me feel safe in that relationship is way more important than this birthday party, mm. you know? And there's going to be more birthdays. There's going to be more stuff. This is not the end of family relations, but just that feeling of this is how, that's how important this boundary is for me that, yeah, it's, I'm okay not going to that birthday party. I'm not going to go back on that word. So it was almost like a, a good contemplation of, you know, returning to the why, why did I choose to set that boundary in the first place? Yeah, it, it is, it is hard when people don't like your boundaries. That is, that is really, really hard, but it's also an indicator to me that, hmm, Maybe I was on to something here <laughs> because your reaction to it is so massive. And I and I understand some boundaries are really hard, but do they have to end a relationship? Because sometimes we're not ending relationships. The boundary is not always I don't want to talk to you anymore. Sometimes the boundary is I would prefer if you not, you know, come to this event due to your drinking. And if a person is like, I'm never talking to you again because you said that, that is their choice. That's not anything that you executed. You just set the boundary of, I don't want you to come to this thing due to your drinking. It is at my house. I have that choice. I will call you on Friday, (laughs) but I don't want you here with the behaviors that disturb the event. Hmm. So then it's like, I was onto something. If the reaction is that strong, that intense, there is that, at least to me, there was that level of kind of instability there or a level of, mm-hmm. of anger there that I, that I probably do better without. But this is such a journey. I mean, it really, 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 um, it really is. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A big question that I wanted to ask was around children and mm-hmm. parents who are listening to this now. I mean, personally, I would love to, for my daughter, she's four years old, I would love for her to grow up and, and feel really comfortable setting boundaries with me because I know that, that she's going to need to do that as she grows older. So how do we raise kids feeling comfortable and safe setting boundaries with everyone, including ourselves? So kids, I think, naturally have boundaries built into them and the world sort of quiets what their boundaries are. Kids are very clear about, I don't like this. I don't want to sit here. This thing makes me feel blank. They say a lot. And it's our job to listen to them and really honor those things when we can. Sometimes we cannot, but there are a lot of things that we could pay attention to and honor and also encourage them to speak more and teach them how to speak in a way that is assertive and not aggressive because they are very in tune to their boundaries. They're not very in tune to how to communicate those. And so sometimes when they state a boundary, it is very harsh and they're not trying to be me, but they are being me because they don't know how to properly say it. So that's the part we could teach them, but they have a lot of boundaries already and we have to teach them to trust their voice. I don't want to go over this person's house. I would rather wear this instead of that. We have to allow them to be autonomous in, in some ways. And, and I think that's, uh, it's, it's so important, but it's also such a challenging thing in the role of the parent is finding that balance between autonomy and then keeping your child safe and also adhering to all of these societal rules. I don't know if other people struggle with that sometimes, but sometimes I find that there are certain things that we're not supposed to do or certain things we are supposed to do when we're out and about but I have a hard time explaining it in a really important or good way because I don't necessarily agree. Do you have any advice there? I mean, things like, what's an example? Like having to behave in a really specific way at a restaurant or having to smile at people or um, there's a lot around, you know, maybe less now in COVID time, but touching and hugging and how we greet people in, in Sweden where I'm from, we always hug And Mm. I really want to teach my daughter that she doesn't have to hug anybody she doesn't want to hug. She doesn't, she can say no to everything she wants to say no to, but also somehow, you know, not make us total outcasts or, (laughs) you know, hippies or have people look at her strange when she isn't following the rules. So you want her to be uncomfortable, you want her to be more comfortable with setting the boundary and also being okay with people not always being so open to the boundary. Yes. Thank you Mm. for helping me phrase that. You have to normalize discomfort. That there are times when you may not like a person's reaction to something, but it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong. I think of, you know, firing people. Firing, you know, sometimes people need to be fired. They do. (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, 
It's never a nice thing. It doesn't feel good to do it. It probably doesn't feel good to receive it, but it is something that is necessary if you want your business to work work, uh, work a certain way. I can't imagine having to keep everyone because we're concerned about hurting their feelings. But I have seen in some spaces where you know, I'll go somewhere and an employee is terrible. I'm thinking this person needs to be fired. But I bet their boss already knows that. But maybe they're they're thinking like, I don't want to deal with the person's reaction. But there are times where you could be doing the thing that is good for you, good for your business, good for your relationships or whatever. And you need to say something, let something go, quit, do whatever. And we're not doing that because we fear the discomfort of doing it. How about we learn how to deal with our discomfort? We have to feel uncomfortable sometimes. There's no possible way in life to move through without feeling uncomfortable. So let's figure out some strategies to self-soothe when we're not feeling so great, even when we've made the right choice. What do you want to do? Do you want to play for 10 minutes? Would you like to watch your favorite show? Do you want to talk through your feelings? Would drawing help you? How do we help you feel better after you've done this thing? This is the best parenting advice ever. (laughs) It really Mm -hmm. is. I'm just smiling here right now to normalize discomfort. I mean, it's I just had a light bulb moment. Like, of course, you know, we we make so many decisions moving throughout life because we're trying to not be uncomfortable. Yeah, to please other people and, you know, keep everybody happy. And I'm sure most parents listening, the kind of kids that we want to raise are assertive, autonomous, strong, empowered Mm -hmm. kids who listen more to their inner voices than they do the voices of other people and the voices of society and, and everything that 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 we have going on. So what great advice. Thank you for Absolutely. that. You're welcome. I have two daughters and sometimes they don't want to play to each other. And I have to, you know, explain like she doesn't want to play with you. There's no way for me to make you feel better about that. <laughs> just like you, <laughs> you, you just have to figure out what you can do on your own. Maybe I'll play with you in a little bit, but uh, you can't force somebody to play with you. You don't even want them to play with you after they state it. They don't want to, and they force themselves <laughs> to do it because it's terrible energy. That's not what you want. So you have to accept that sometimes people don't want to play with you and that's uncomfortable. And I know that's really hard to say, but you know, maybe she prefers watching TV. She doesn't want to play a game right now. So you have to accept that. No, her boundary is no, I don't want to play. Hmm. And also true for adults. Like we don't want to (laughs) play with each other all the time. So do you have any, any language, you know, for, I mean, among adults to communicate boundaries with people we love in really easy to digest ways or in really loving ways so that chances of it being received well is really high? You know, be clear and concise, use as few words as possible and really get to the point. I think sometimes when we are communicating our boundaries to people, we're telling them a story. You know, the last time I came over here, when you walked in, the kitchen was blue and the sky was all of this stuff. And we haven't even stated a boundary because we're so caught up in this you know, detail of, let me explain this in a way that they can understand and give them context and give them this when sometimes it needs to be very clear in that, 
you know, it's not very helpful when you give me unsolicited advice. Please stop. Hmm. Maybe we don't need to go through the 30 times that we've been sitting on for two years that they've given us unsolicited advice and how we've, you know, sort of said this one time. You know, many times when I execute a boundary with people, I have found that sometimes with emotionally immature people, they will try to argue you out of your boundary. So they will try tactics of, well, you don't understand what happened or this is what I, and it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really care about the backstory. <laughs> so like, this is the boundary. You know, it's like when, when someone is, I remember I used to work at Sears and they had a point system. So if you were late, it was two points and you know, all these things. I can't even remember the point system, but they didn't care about the reason you were late. They weren't like, oh, okay, so it was traffic. All right, we'll give you half a point for that one. No, you get two points. <laughs> it's not like you can explain yourself away. It's like, these are our boundaries. And this firing is the consequence. We're giving you like 12 points to get or whatever it was. I don't know. But, you know, hey, if you do this six or seven times, you're out of here. This is the boundary. There's no wiggle room. We don't care about all the reasons that you were late and how it was an accident two miles away. Seven times, you're out of here. <laughs> That's it. And so sometimes we get really caught up in the story and saying a lot of things. And it's really our way to explain ourselves so that this person can understand it. But what happens is we could give them all of that and they still won't understand. And we still want our boundary. So start with the boundary. I would like start with the boundary. I would like you to arrive on time because we are starting promptly. Give yourself 25 extra minutes. Do you find that when you start using that kind of language and you just bring in more clarity around the boundaries that that relationships just have more flow overall? I mean, I understand that the answer to that for sure is yes, but do people ever perceive that as a little bit rigid or coming off as really harsh or Sometimes women who have strong boundaries get called bitchy or bossy or I, does it ever just make everything flow without the negative that I think some, some people do perceive with that strong kind of a language? Mm. Well, I would say that remember boundaries are flexible. So just because I'm telling you to come on time, that's probably because you have a tendency to be late. I'm not going to tell the other 20 people that because they don't even need that boundary. I'm saying that to you. I would think of rigid as I am calling everyone individually to say this thing because no one has. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, like there are some people who you need to be very direct with on something. And in general, maybe you do need to say if this report is not received by four o'clock, there will be a write up to follow because that is something that is pressing. And how do we convince someone that that's not mean when they're not meeting a deadline? Deadlines are very healthy. They help get things going. You know, there are some things that there really isn't any wiggle room on. I think about taxes. You know, the consequence of not filing your taxes by April 15th is penalties. You pay. If you don't want to file your taxes on time, cool. Guess what? We're charging you. You don't get to go to the IRS and say, you know what? 
I was sick last week. Well, you have from January to April 15th. So you should have filed them in February because we don't know what's going to, there's, there's not a lot of wiggle, wiggle room sometimes with some boundaries. And is that rigid or is that for that system? Sometimes it can be rigid, but you know, maybe it's for the system. It's, it's so, it's such a, a thing that we will have to evaluate on a case by case basis before we say, okay, this is a rigid boundary. This is something where you could be flexible, but it is so important to remember that sometimes being assertive is considered mean because what we really want is people to be passive. And so if people are not being passive, yeah, they are pegged as mean people when they say, oh, no, I don't want regular milk. Do you have almond? Oh, my gosh, they're so difficult. No, they have they're lactose intolerant. <laughs> they're not difficult. <laughs> I, I'm a vegan, so I, I know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are they difficult or do they have a preference? They don't have to eat everything. Come on. Hmm. I think for a lot of us, I mean, especially in friendships and things like that, we spend so much time trying to make the other person comfortable, make sure they don't get upset with us. And we kind of wrap the boundary in that fluffy story to deliver it. And then by the time it's delivered, it's just confusing, you know, or they're wrapped up in the story of like, wait, but that's not how it went down. You know, mm -hmm. I was thinking that so-and-so. And then by the time, you know, we're in this conversation about the thing that happened, the whole, the boundary is lost already. And it's like so hard to... Yeah, to state it in the, in the, you know, after all of that. So leading with a boundary, being clear and assertive, I think for most people would be just imagine if all relationships were like that. Like, I know what to expect from you. You know what to expect from me. And if I'm unhappy mm -hmm. about something, I'm just going to tell you, you know, or state my expectations clear instead of wrapping it up in this big drama because we deal with so much drama all the time. And I'm sure boundaries or healthier boundaries could really help with that. Oh, I have gotten, oh my gosh, I've gotten so much better at not sitting with things that bother me. And it just feels so good. Yesterday, I had an issue with someone and probably an hour later when I was able to say something, I said it. I didn't like when you said this thing earlier. Hmm. And they how was like, that received? <laughs> it was just like, oh, and I was like, it was in it. You know, I, I have a thing about people using always never statements with me because none of it is ever true. <laughs> just, just like if you say like, you never wear a skirt. Well, I have five pictures with skirt, you know? So it's like, please don't use that wording. So there are some times when um, people say things or they do things. And if we don't want to be perceived that way, it's our job to correct them because the ignoring of it really does build resentment in that relationship. And so I've just found it easier to say to people, you know, when you did this thing, it it didn't sit well with me. And sometimes it, you can't go back in the past and change it, but I'm saying this so you don't do it again. Hmm. I don't want you to do it again. And I mean, there is something really comforting about having a person like that in your life, you know, trusting that they are going to tell you the truth, that they're not going to sit with resentment or that it's going to turn into gossip or complaining or all this stuff that we have going on. And is, isn't it also, I mean, I have one friend who's amazing at setting boundaries. She's so good at it. And it's just effortless. And um, she'll do things like 
you know, I'll, I'll text her about something and she'll just say, hey, um, le- next three days, I'm not going to be able to answer any texts. Um, I'm busy or I'm not feeling well or, you know, so-and-so. Mm-hmm. I love you, but just so you know. And it's always like, I love you and here's the thing. And with her, she's probably the only person in my life where I feel so comfortable doing the same thing. And it's because she's leading with that. She's opening that door of just complete honesty. It's unfiltered. It's direct. It's true. You know, I know she's going to state her needs. So I don't have Mm -hmm. to wrap my needs up in this pretty little bow or story of an explanation of something. So I can say the same. Hey, I don't have time for you right now. And I know she's Mm going to receive that with love. So it's Mm -hmm. almost like boundaries have these or healthy boundaries have these ripple effects where it's almost, you know, do you feel like you're teaching people how to set boundaries by setting them for yourself? Yeah. And I think people are teaching me by setting them for themselves. I've, you know, I've learned a lot from just how other people set boundaries and I'm in relationships with them and I get to experience. I remember when I was in college and I had a friend who, she wouldn't call you back right away. And she would only talk on the phone if she was at home. She, you know, if she's in her car, that sort of thing, she wouldn't talk. And she, you know, I mentioned it to her one day and she said, hey, if I'm out, I'm busy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like I'm at work, I'm at school, I'm in the car listening to music. I don't have to call people back. I was like, wow, that's so powerful. (laughs) (laughs) so powerful we're still friends but I it taught me a lot like she's right you don't always have to answer your phone like it just unlocked (laughs) it's like because I mean I'm always I'm in class like hey let me call you back (laughs) you know I just had to answer the phone And that just unlocks something like, no, there are tons of times where you're not available to answer the phone and you don't have to, you know, let me pause my movie and run and grab it. And it's no, you're watching a movie, call them back. And so her boundary taught me a lot about boundaries. And I I would say that's one of my favorite boundaries now. That is a great one. You just taught all of us that one. So thank you for that. Yeah, she said, I'm I'm not busy. Yeah, when I'm out, I'm busy. When I'm at home, I'm sometimes. I mean, not even all the times when I'm at home. When I talk to you is when I'm available. Oh, okay. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And also great to remember that when we set boundaries as parents or as as adults, we also model them for our kids. Mm -hmm. And I try to remind myself of that, that when a boundary is hard, I think of, okay, well, my daughter is watching this. She's listening. She's sensing everything in this relationship. What am I teaching her by letting the other person violate that boundary or, you know, letting people walk all over me or choosing to do the thing I do where I try to people please and then, you know, leave myself behind. Then I'm modeling for her that that's how you're, that's how you exist as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I really want her to, yeah, to, to grow up differently than I did. Mm. Absolutely. And it starts with you showing her through your behaviors and actions what's okay and what's not okay, because kids learn so much from what they see us doing. Yesterday, my daughter was eating some grits. And whenever I eat grits, I tear up bacon or sausage or whatever breakfast meat I have, and I mix it in with the grits. And she was doing the same thing. 
I said, where'd you get that from? And she's like, you. So they're watching even when we're not trying to show them anything. They're picking up on things. I've been amazed at what my kids know just from watching me do it. They learned our phone number just for me going to the grocery store and it being the, the, the VIP code or whatever, and I'm just repeating it. And so that's how they learned our phone. You know, so kids are watching and absorbing. They really are. They really, really, really are. Yeah, and it's more about what we tell them to do. And I mean, it's less about what we tell them to do and more about how we actually act in similar situations, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, this has been so, so enlightening for me, the sitting with discomfort, which, by the way, I mean, this is the Yoga Girl podcast and yoga for me, the essence of yoga really is allowing ourselves to be in the uncomfortable places, you know, sitting with discomfort is to me such, such an essence of that practice. And it's funny, you know, I was reminded of that now on this topic of boundaries in such a major way. So thank you for such an enlightening conversation. This was beautiful having you on the show. You're welcome. I like to end um, every time I have a guest on, you know, if everyone listening right now could be of service to you somehow in this moment or today, what would that be? Please follow me on Instagram where I post mental health and relationship based content and purchase my book, Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself. Done. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for coming on the show, Nedra. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, thank you to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this show. This podcast is a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. And if you enjoy the show, if you love it, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll see you next week.